Hey friends, welcome to episode 27 of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. In today's episode, we are going to be looking at the Business Coaching Echo Chamber. The Business Coaching Echo Chamber is this this place, this environment that many entrepreneurs, myself included, have found ourselves in when we have invested in coaching that is feeding into not just bro marketing, but is feeding into this narrative that success looks a certain way. It is a narrative full of smoke and mirrors. It's a place where the truth is not always honored. There are a lot of mindset techniques and wellness techniques that have been weaponized within these spaces. And I'm going to be coming at this from my own experience, what I experienced both while I was within the echo chamber and when I left. I'm going to be sharing with you some of the phrases and things that I saw coming across as like, we have your best interests at heart when really it was a way to continually cause self-doubt, to continually feed this idea that the individual investing in this program is at fault or is the problem and that other people see success. And if you follow this very strategic linear approach that you'll get the same success as me. But that wasn't my experience. And in my conversations I've had with many of you on on Instagram and online, it hasn't been your experience either. So today's episode is really about shining a light on it. It's also about exploring what this has looked like and encouraging you to both look at it on an individual and a collective level. So before we dive in to this episode, I want to talk with you a little bit about outlaw moments. One of the biggest things to come from me leaving the business coaching echo chamber was this idea that I needed to challenge what I had been told. And so an entrepreneurial outlaw moment has become part of my journaling practice. It's something that I tend to look at every single week within my own business. What did I do differently? What did I say yes or say no to? Which commitments did I honor? Because this has been a huge part of my experience and my journey over the last 12 to 18 months is not just exploring what I would do differently, but then actually making those commitments within my business and then showing up differently online, challenging people who come to me for support and guidance and mentoring, challenging them to look at their own, um, their own outlaw moments and look at what is done differently. So my outlaw moment of this week has been that I have to remember that I do not need to have everything figured out to take the first or next step. So I'm a visionary. I have a lot of ideas. And when I'm in a creative flow, which I am currently in, the ideas just keep on coming. <laughs> like they just keep on coming. Sometimes I cannot keep up with the ideas. I can't keep up with my journaling or brain dumps. And when I get scared, when I get uncomfortable, when I start to think about how big this this creative project could be, not in the sense of, of, of how long it's going to take me, but how much potential it has and how much it could mean for my business, I have a tendency to self-sabotage. I have a tendency to sabotage this project or this work by diving and jumping around into the next thing, right? So I will I will go from one idea to the next idea and I'll, I'll spin my wheels and I'll, I'll come back and forth and I will go around in circles until I'm drained and now can't concentrate on the original project. So this week, as I have found myself doing this, I've been doing some self-inquiry. I've been stepping back and saying to myself, okay, what is the urgency? And why do I feel like I need to have this all figured out just to take the first step? This is a long game, right? One of the things I often say to myself is like, what would I say to a friend or a client if they told me they were feeling this way? right? What would I feel? What would I encourage them to do? So 
we're going to be starting this thread. We've shared this a few times over on Instagram, but we're going to be starting this thread on a weekly basis over on Instagram. It's going to be on a Sunday. So make sure you're following along on Instagram over at entrepreneurial underscore outlaws so that you can share your outlaw moments with us. And you can also see what our outlaw moments are. Now, speaking of outlaw moments, one of the reasons I have been overthinking <laughs> and a little bit scared is because the pre-sale for the Outlaw Journal is starting today. So if you're listening to this live April 1st, the Outlaw Journal goes on pre-sale today through April 15th. Pre-sale journals will start shipping around the 15th of April and you'll get some really fun materials and bonuses when you do grab a pre-sale copy. So the journal itself, the Outlaw Journal, will be available to buy through Amazon, but on pre-sale, it's available through my website. So when you buy a pre-sale copy, you are going to receive Outlaw stickers, exclusive stickers that I have created for you to, you can use them on your journal, you can put them on your laptop, like, I don't know, just put them somewhere and show me that you're using them so I can be like, ah! And then you'll also receive weekly videos sent to you. They'll support you and your journaling practice. So these are going to be really short videos, like less than five minutes. And they're designed to support you, especially if you've been resistant to journaling or if you kind of go back and forth and you find it really hard to be consistent with it, or you have just not found your kind of journaling purpose, which I talked about a few weeks ago when I shared with you some journaling tips. Really important that you find your own purpose for journaling. So these videos will be designed to support that. They'll be designed to help you, guide you, and remind you to check in with yourself because part of this practice, the point of the Entrepreneurial Outlaw Journal is to actually help you create your own manifesto, to help you look at each um, each individual characteristic of an, of an entrepreneurial outlaw and address those through self-inquiry. Where can you better commit and better support yourself through your business within each of these areas? And then for those of you who are going to want to take this process to the next level, so actually working through and unpacking specific business strategies, marketing and practices that are stopping you from taking action or are leading you to overthink and doubt yourself, I'm going to be running an Entrepreneurial Outlaws Collective. This is a group program and it's going to be in beta right? Full transparency, it is going to be in beta. This means it will be live. This doesn't mean anything other than it will be live over the course of six weeks. It also means that you would be helping me to create this program, to create this collective, because this is about you. This isn't about me. This isn't about my experience. This is about helping you to unpack this for yourself, helping you to identify when you are being, um, when you are being drawn in by these strategies or marketing or practices, and also how to identify them through your own lens. So this is about looking at the business strategies, the marketing, and the practices through this lens of of entrepreneurial outlaws. Through this lens of your own experiences, whether you have been coached and had this experience or whether you are a coach and you want to do better or whether you just want to look at and make sure that you are leading in the best way for your own business, that you are creating a leadership that forges a new path and that you can be the leader that you wish you had. So this will be a six-week course or six-week program. It will run live and it will start on May 10th. So this will be a discount available for those who do um, order in the pre-sale. And you can get more information both about how to order your pre-sale copy and you can order it. And you can also get more information about the program at melanienights.com forward slash outlaw journal. And from here, you'll find more information about the program that I'm offering at a discounted rate to pre-sale buyers. So if you have any questions about the journal or you have questions about the program, let me know. Reach out on Instagram or via email. I'm always happy to answer questions. I'm happy to send voice messages back and forth. And if you have some questions about the program, I'll hop on Voxer with you. Like, let's chat this out because this isn't about me. This is about being able to support you through the lens of entrepreneurial outlaws. So 
As I said, the pre-sale is running from the 1st to the 15th of April. I am so excited. I'm also excited to stop spinning my wheels and panicking and worrying about all the things because honestly, this has been the best, the most enjoyable creative projects that I have done in so long. I'm so happy that it's finally here. You finally get to witness and experience this. Okay, so let's dive in to episode 27. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. We're here to meet you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry so that we can create our own versions of success and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller and outlaw mentor with a nose for the bullshit. I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions because overthinking is a feminist issue. The antidote, your intuition. So get ready as each week we have the messy, honest, and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business on your own terms, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. Okay, so as I shared, we are going to be talking about the business coaching echo chamber. And this is an entirely relevant conversation, whether you are a business coach or you have been coached or have no interest in looking for coaching, because this isn't just happening within coaching spaces. This happens through content. It happens through marketing. And it is a problem, right? It is a problem. It's problematic. And it is weaponizing a lot of strategies and tools and resources that actually can be really helpful and can be really supportive for business owners. But the problem is that they have been weaponized, they have been um, abused, and over time, this has led to a lack of trust within the online business space, especially within business coaching. So what tends to happen with this within this echo chamber is there's a lot of repetition, there is a lot of regurgitated content, right? It, it might have a different stock photo attached to it, it might have a different name, a different price, but these strategies and ideas of success are often looking, they often look the same. Like once you get in there, you realize that it's all the same. And this is the problem because you have to get in there to realize most of the time that it is the same. A lot of this is often built from privilege. There is a real lack of context around what is contributing towards that person's success. This isn't just financial success. This can also be hiding audience size, right? So you might, they, they might be selling an Instagram course and say, I started off with only a thousand followers on Instagram, but maybe they had a Facebook group with 50,000 people in it. Maybe they had an email list with 15,000 people on it. Because although numbers are vanity metrics, of course, if you know your audience and you have built an audience on a platform, wherever that platform may be, that does mean more eyes, more visibility, more potential clients and customers. So oftentimes there is this this lack of context around the whole story. Pieces of the story get left out, right? Pieces of the story get left out. There are a lot of big names in business who I believe, and I don't know any of this for truth, but I believe have left parts of the story out. That is what I've heard. So, there are other factors that actually contribute towards their success. And this gets left out of the marketing, the story, the content, all that stuff, right? And then these relationships and communities within this echo chamber are built to protect the coach and their ideas, right? And I'm not talking about, you know, plagiarism. I'm talking about keeping the coach safe, 
right? Keeping the kind of the coaching, the hierarchy safe. So these are systems that typically feed on each other's success. And this isn't JV or affiliate launches. That's a whole different thing. This is something that runs a lot deeper than that. This is something that either, I don't even know if it's happening consciously. I think it probably is, but there's also this, this also happens subconsciously or unconsciously, right? This just scenario where it's like, if you pat my back, I'll pat yours, right? This cycle of coaching success, but they're all teaching the same thing at different levels. So you might have someone teaching it in a group environment for, I don't know, less than $500, but then you have people doing it at mastermind level where it's costing you now five figures or more. They might have different target markets, different ideal clients, different language or different ways of approaching it, but it's all the same thing. It's still the same shit. And so this echo chamber, I wasn't aware of it when I was in it, right? I want to make that really clear. I was totally unaware of the fact that I was in it. Now, This is partly because it was my first few years of online business. I very much started this journey feeling like I had no idea what I was doing. And I certainly learned a lot. I'm not going to disregard the fact that I learned a lot. And there are things that I do believe are foundational that we do have to hold on to. There are things in our businesses that every single one of us does, like create content, like talk about our offers. But how we do that and where we do that and how often we do that, those things are unique. And it's when we put this kind of rule book on it, we start to create these ideals, this like perfect scenario of how many times a week you're going to do this, how many days your launch should be. And we start to impose these rules. And one of the things that I was, I was actually chatting with a friend just recently about this, is that I didn't question a damn thing. I was so convinced that I didn't know what to do that I didn't question anything. I didn't ever stop to look at my own life because my lifestyle my at the time, and even now, was very, very different to the people who were coaching me. Their lifestyle was very different. Where they lived, totally different. They had very different responsibilities and experiences than me. So those things matter, right? Individual lifestyle and individual experiences matter. And this again comes back to that lack of context. So let's talk a little bit about my experience. So I spent over a three-year period, I spent around $13,000 in coaching, Until I sat down and worked that out, I had no idea that it was that much money. And I was slightly horrified. And I'm just, because it was done in pieces. And it probably actually, the number could be bigger than that. I'm talking about specifically one-on-one coaching or group coaching here. But the number is probably bigger than that. Because I very much was stuck in the spiral of spending money and investing because I was just like, this is what everyone keeps telling me to do, right? Everyone keeps telling me that you need to invest in yourself. You do, but not to the point where you're in debt, okay? No one should get into debt when when it comes to learning how to grow a business. Nobody should get themselves into debt. This is my opinion. Feel free to challenge this. I don't think anyone should be getting themselves into debt to invest in a coaching experience where the coach is telling you that you'll make this all back in the first month, right? That's usually a complete crock of shit because I fell for that time and time again. And that is maybe one or less than a few people's experience. It's not, it's not the norm. At the same time, investing into something where you aren't guaranteed anything, right? You're not guaranteed how quickly you're going to get results. Because again, coming back to the fact that we each as individuals have different lives and different experiences. We live in different places. I just don't think any coach anyone should be asking you to get yourself into debts for this idea that, especially this idea that you can start a business with nothing, you can start an online business with nothing, with no overheads, but invest all this money into me, get yourself into debt so that I can teach you how to make more money. I just, look, personally, in my experience, it's just very, very unethical. And I started to notice when I was in this echo chamber, I started to notice how 
the same names kept popping up. Groups, communities, referrals, success stories, testimonials, it's like the same names kept popping up. And I became really, really blind to my lack of growth. I felt like I was growing as a person and I felt like this was just part of the journey. At the time, right, at the beginning, I was like, well, this is just part of the journey. It's not supposed to be easy. But, and it's not supposed to be easy. I don't think it's always easy, but I think it can be a lot more enjoyable than what it became. I became really, really loyal to these coaches. So not only was I seeing the same coach names pop up, the same people, the same testimonials, I became really loyal, right? So it's like I was just like spending money with like all of their friends. And even when I wasn't getting results and struggling, I would hang on the phrases, phrases like, you can always make more money. This was one of the really common phrases I had. You can always make more money, right? This was, this was just, I'm like, sure. But again, context, I would hang on the narratives around mindset, right? That it's all in my mind. It's all my mindset. This is the only problem. They've given me a strategy to go from A to Z to build a successful business. If I'm not getting results, it's my mindset. And I know so many of you have had the same thing. You've said to me that you were constantly told after a launch that didn't go as planned or a launch that didn't go as well as you'd hoped that, well, you need to journal on it, right? This is your mindset. You're not doing enough. And I felt, I, I heard the same things and I felt as lost as you did. And despite this, despite this gaslighting, despite the fact that I wasn't getting results and I was struggling, I would get really defensive if anyone questioned the coach. Now, I'm not one for confrontation. <laughs> um, so I never said anything. I mean, I would speak up now, not in this case, because it's a crock of shit, but um, I didn't speak up, but I was like, we can't question the coach. Like that was, I was, I was in deep guys. <laughs> I was in really deep. I would get really defensive about the fact that people were saying, but I haven't made money from this experience. I hadn't made money either, but I kept believing. And I think this is my own privilege as well showing. I just kept believing this was part of the journey and part of the experience. And it would all, it would all figure itself out. It was going to be fine. It really didn't. And it really wasn't. Um, and look, I take responsibility for my actions. I know that at any time I could have left, at any time I could have questioned or spoken up, but I didn't know. I was I was so convinced that I didn't know what was do I was doing. I didn't know how to do this. I needed help. I couldn't do it on my own. I didn't know enough. I had to keep learning and keep spending. And there was zero transparency around how money was being made within these communities. So the people who were making money every launch and seeing their businesses grow and getting results, I'm not saying that those people were uh, unethical. I'm not, they may have and probably have used tactics that we would now be like, you shouldn't be doing that because it's really manipulative. Um, I don't know what they do now, but the point is that those people who were seeing results, there wasn't as much transparency around how that was happening. So for example, I mentioned this a little minute ago about the testimonials that we'll, you'll see that say, I made my whole investment back in the first month. And the reason I'm using that as an example is because I distinctly remember that being a testimonial I saw and I invested money that I didn't have. I sat there, it was late at night, and I was like, I can't do this on my own. And I'm looking at this sales page, and this person is promising me everything that I want, and is like, is in my head, like, you know, I'm checking PayPal when I have a launch because I'm making sure that PayPal's working and that I'm not missing out on these sales. Like, it, I remember that because I remember at the time being like, oh my God, I do that. 
And of course now I see it, well, yeah, that was like the whole pain points thing, right? This was playing on my fears, playing on my pain points, knowing me so well. Bravo for that. But at the same time, I clicked that buy button and I felt sick. Like the, it was literally within a few seconds, the moment of like excitement of I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to make this whole investment back. And you just look at me within seconds. I felt nauseous. I felt so sick. Now I look at that and I'm like, you could have just emailed and said, like, I made a mistake. I don't want to do this. I'm sorry. I mean, you don't need to apologize, but you know, I could have just backed out, right? There was, there was no harm done. I hadn't got anything for that money at that point, but I didn't because my ego was like, nope, you, 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 you've invested now. You can't go, you can't go and do that. That's really embarrassing, right? Again, like this bullshit, this idea that it would be embarrassing for me to admit that actually I don't have that money. And actually I was, I was falling for what was on the sales page. So the point of that being that we see these testimonials as individuals, we have to ask more questions. We have to kind of take off the kind of rose colored glasses around this person is telling us everything we want to hear. And we need to start looking at, okay, what do I actually need to hear? Not what I want to hear. Because oftentimes when we we're like, I hear, I'm hearing this person telling me everything I want. Are they giving you what you need? right? Are they giving you what you need? Are they telling you what you need to hear, right? Which honestly at this point is transparency and the truth. And as I navigated this echo chamber, as I wasn't getting results and I was getting further and further in, I wasn't growing my list every day. I wasn't growing my list every week or month either. I did not, my lead magnet did, (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day, um, Because lead magnets, like I get the point of it, right? Freebie, lead magnet, opt-in, whatever you want to call it. I get the idea. I get the point of it. But what is amusing to me about this is that so few people are actually getting leads from these without paid ads, without really putting a lot of time and attention on that one thing, myself included right now. And yet we have this like, this idea that a lead magnet is the answer. And I'm, I'm, I'm musing at this because I, I was writing out in my journal and I was like, what if my lead magnet actually brought me leads? And it made me laugh because back then lead magnets were like all the rage, right? This is like, you could have like lead magnets for everything. And I wasn't getting leads. I didn't have hundreds of people signing up for my challenges. I didn't have a flurry of sales on the day I opened my carts and the day I closed my carts. And because of this, I was just constantly convinced it was me, right? I was constantly convinced it was me. If I'm not getting all these things, I'm being told I should be getting, it must be me. And it kind of was, not because I wasn't doing enough, but because I didn't leave. I didn't question a damn thing. And what is interesting is I kept getting myself deeper. I wanted to learn more. I I must be missing something. There must be something I'm missing. It's me. I'm not seeing it. I kept getting myself deeper into debt. And the more I invested time, money, energy, the harder it became. I had this idea and this is was fed through from the coaching echo chamber that if I invested in myself time energy money that I would reap the rewards right how can anyone how can you expect anyone to invest in you if you won't invest in yourself sure get it let's also again have context right context it, there is such a lack of context in this industry that it is horrifying. So sure, when we ask people to invest in us, we need to be investing in ourselves. That doesn't mean that we need to be getting 5,000, 10,000, 13,000, whatever into debt. That's not an investment, (laughs) right? Investing in ourselves looks different on an individual level. 
The same way when we ask people to invest in themselves looks different on an individual level. So I just became more overwhelmed. It was like the more I invested, the deeper I went into this, the deeper in debt I was, the harder it became, the more overwhelmed I was, and then the more I felt like a failure. It was, I know that people talk about entrepreneurship as like this roller coaster of highs and lows. I think that's true, but I don't think it needs to constantly be one of those like, like vertical drops. Like that's what it was for me. It was like this vertical drop. And then I had to like climb all the way back up to the top again, just to keep doing it. Even though I was terrified, right? I just, I'm imagining that in my head and I'm like, that's pretty much what it was. I would spend all this time climbing and climbing and climbing to learn and to keep doing and doing more and working harder. And then I would just like fall. And I was terrified, but I didn't know anything else. I didn't know that there was like one of those like little teacups over there where I could, you know, have a leisurely ride. Um, so when I left the business coaching echo chamber in December of 2018, and this was because the coach I was working with broke my trust, right? Broke my trust. I could not afford to hire a new coach and I was terrified. I didn't think I could do it alone. I hadn't been alone in this from day one. Like from day one, when I started my business, I had a coach. I had a group of people. And I had almost like grown up with these people over three, three and a half years. We had moved between coaches, again, within this environment where everyone was like feeding each other. But now I was in major doubt on my credit card. I was not bringing in consistent income. I wasn't really bringing in any income. My parents had supported me through these coaching investments. So I wasn't like going to lose my house, but it was really crappy. I felt like shit. The guilt, the shame spiral, it was real. Like it was, I just remember feeling this constant sense of fear that everything was going to fall apart. And I could have got a job, right? I could have got a job, but I didn't want to. And I remember that this was one of the first things that I unpacked through journaling, right? When the moments when I stopped being really resistant to journaling because I gave it a purpose for myself, I started to unpack this through self-inquiry. Why was I so defiant about getting a part-time job? Now, yes, I had very much disliked the corporate world. I had not enjoyed my career at that point. Um, I had been you know, I'd, I'd been burned. I'd, again, trust had been broken, right? This was, it seems like a, <laughs> a recurring theme. But I have a family and I was so defiant that I did not want to get a job, not even a part-time job, not to do something, anything that could pay some bills. And my ego was getting in the way. In And this was because I didn't want to admit. I felt like, because my entire life my business was my entire life. And I felt like because my entire business and life was like on Instagram and everyone's looking at me, no one was really looking at me, but in my head, I was going to have to admit to like my audience that I was stepping back, that I was going to go and get a job. This is hard for me to realize and admit even now, because I can't believe that I was so focused on playing this role because this wasn't even me. This was an image of myself. This was a version of myself that I was playing and had created over this period of time. Whilst in this chamber, I had created this version of myself, right? I had created someone who was so defiant on putting her family first, was so defiant on stepping away from this business that I, at this point, I hated I did not enjoy it. I was so against doing that because what would it look like to other people? What would it look like to Instagram? What would it look like to my email list? So in my (laughs) egotistical state, I decided to strip back my business, back to basics. I canceled and I downgraded any and all payments that I could. Right, I got really back to basics. Because one of the things, and you may have experienced this as well, and I want to talk about this a little bit. One of the things that happened a lot for me 
when I was starting my business was it went from you don't need any investments to forking out a lot of money, right? It went from you don't need overheads to all of a sudden I need this and I need this bit of software and if you, you need this piece of tech and all these things. And so over the years, I had got to this point where I had all these like pieces of software and these small like, and they're not big things. They're like anywhere from 10 to maybe $50 a month at the most, but they all add up. And so I really stripped everything back, right? I really stripped it back. And I started focusing on one area of my business. And I don't necessarily think this was in intentional, although I knew that that's what I was doing. But I focused on one area and that one area of my business happened to be content creation. And like, because one of the things that we have been taught over the years is to be consistent at all costs, which I don't agree with, but I was consistent as fuck. So I was really consistent with my content creation. And this was kind of how I fell into content planning and content batching. And my business, uh, I taught that for a long time in my business because that was what I was doing. It just very naturally happened. People were interested to know what I was doing. Well, I wasn't doing much else. So that's why. Um, And this was my route. Okay. So this doesn't mean that it's going to be your route. So if you are feeling this way now, like everything I've just gone through and explained and described If that is something that you are experiencing right now or are working through, content creation and consistency doesn't necessarily need to be your route. It doesn't need to be your journey. This was my journey. Um, I focused a lot on Pinterest at the time because it was something that I had never really worked through. And I did see great results. But like anything, the moment when you stop giving it so much attention, things slow down, right? But at the same time, I found new communities, new groups. I didn't invest in coaching, but I found new communities and new groups. I found different strategies. And some of these groups and communities stuck. Some were also major disappointments, as before. But I also spent a lot of that year and have done since saying no to FOMO, right? I just could, I mean, I couldn't afford (laughs) right? I had no choice. I couldn't afford to invest in these things because it just, it seemed crazy to me that I would invest in something that hadn't worked. But there was a number of times, even as I was unpacking all of this, there was a number of times that there was like the secret to whatever it was that I was working on, like the business coaching program or the thing. And I remember actually, I remember James Wedmore's one was one of the programs that came up. Um, and I knew a lot of people. It's funny, isn't it? How we kind of navigate and, and kind of go from one thing to another, because a lot of people I know ended up joining that course. Um, and now I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't. But at the same time, one of the questions that got me through a lot of those feelings of FOMO when they came up was, am I going to really regret do, not doing this. And I, I I encourage you to ask yourself that question when you are in a situation sitting, looking at a sales page, I don't care how much that program product, whatever it is, is. If you're sitting looking at a sales page and you do not have the money right then and there to invest, and it's not an absolute fuck yes, ask yourself the question, will I still care about this in a week's time, in a month's time? Will I be losing sleep over the fact that I didn't invest, right? Because look, I sure as hell have lost a lot of sleep over the years from investments that I made when I couldn't afford them. But I've never lost any sleep over an investment I didn't make. So here I am (laughs) unpacking struggling to kind of figure out what I want to do with my business, why I fell for so many of these tactics. And I made the decision. I got to the point, my ego, I put my ego at the door and I made the decision that as Grayson was dying school, if he's my son, by the way, I don't know if I've ever really talked about him on it. So when my son was dying school a couple of years ago, I was like, right, if, 
if things haven't changed, if things haven't shifted, I'm going to get a job. I'm just, I'm going to have to go get a job and I'm going to have to step away and I'm going to have to just not worry about this whole thing, about this being an issue. Now, this is the point at which we often hear success stories and it's like, everything changed. I suddenly was making six figures. That is not this story, right? That is not my story. That is not, that is not how this story goes. Things did start to change. I was not making six figures. I'm still not making six figures. What happened was my consistency and my commitment to shifting how I looked at online business started to make a difference for me. I want that to be, again, really transparent. This was my experience. It does not mean that it's everybody else's. But I started to see this shift because for a year... I really focused on who I was without my business. I was miserable when I left business coaching Echo Chamber. When I stopped investing in coaches, I was miserable. I was unhappy with my business. I was unhappy with the strategies that I had. I didn't know any differently, right? Because you only know what you know. So I only knew what I'd been taught. When I stepped away for a year, what happened was I met new people. I met, I made new friends. I made new business friends, new peers. I joined new communities, new groups. These people had not really experienced the business coaching echo chamber. Not in the same way. They know it exists, but they hadn't really experienced it. They had built businesses without that. And this was fascinating to me. And as I started to look at this, I was like, these people have a really different journey to mine, have a really different story to mine. And what was interesting about this was that I didn't need to look at them for new strategies. I didn't need to look at them for what they were doing. But what I looked at was how they approached business. You know, how they looked at it from a data point of view, from a from a strategy point of view, from from that kind of energy. And then for some people, it was like, how do they approach business from the other end of the scale, from like this very feminine energy, this like energy of intuition and feeling into it. And that was eye-opening for me because I hadn't experienced that. I had been in this world where you, you, people talked about both, but they only did one right? That was the world I was living in. People had talked about both, but you only did one and they didn't do either of these very well. And there was no options. It was a linear one path, which is just not how things are. Like business is not simple. Entrepreneurship is not easy. Making money is not easy. If it was, we'd all be millionaires. Billionaires, hell, let's go big. So the fact that it's not easy, right? No one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about the stuff that's not sexy, (laughs) No one wants to talk about the stuff that's not sexy. And when you start to see the business coaching echo chamber for what it is, when you start to unpack this stuff in your own business, again, whether you are a coach or not, whether you've experienced coaching or had an experience like this, when you start to see the the phrases and the mindset narratives that have been weaponized against individuals, you can't unsee it. When you start to see that trauma, you can't unsee it. And that's really hard for people. I've seen this over the last six to nine months as some very big names in online business have been called out for their lack of speaking up against racism. They have shut people down in their groups. They've turned off comments. They've deleted posts. They've done all this stuff. And A, I don't think they've learned their lessons. And B, they have been continued to be put on this pedestal where they're protected. At the same time, there are people who defend them. Now, I mean, that's that's the case across all areas of life, right? There's going to be people who don't want to see it, aren't going to see it, I'm going to defend this person. 
this comes a lot from that no like and trust right it comes a lot back to no like comes a lot back comes back a lot of the time to no like and trust right because this likability piece is what causes us to kind of forget to look outside of this very linear route to success right so we end up focusing on this person's likability and how amazing they are and how amazing their life is and we want that life we forget about ourselves as individuals. And this is why breaking this down is an individual job as well as a collective, right? These podcast episodes, they are part of the collective work because I'm talking with you all. My content is a collective a collective role or part of that role. The journal, the outlaw journal, that is collective, but it's also individual because you will take the time to do it yourself. And so... As individuals, we need to ask better questions, both within our own businesses, within the investments we make, people we give our money to, collaborations, you know, all of these things, we need to be asking better questions, more questions, right? We need to rebuild that trust because when we think about the the old adage, no like and trust, which I hate by the way, and I, I think instead of likability, we really need to focus on relatability. But when we look at that adage, the no like and trust, it's manipul it's manipulative. No like and trust is not, it's it's a it's a facade, right? The idea is that we're building these relationships and it's all about it's about the person, but it's not, it's about the business owner. Right? No like and trust is built from the business owner getting what they want, not from the person they're selling to getting what they need. And that's the difference. And so that trust has been abused, right? The likability factor, it's like done. The trust has been abused. And often now, I was, again, I was chatting with someone the other day. I was, I said, you know, if these narratives, if these strategies hadn't been used, would we have this le- level of lack of trust? Because there are phrases and there are approaches to business which aren't intended to be harmful, but because they've been weaponized within the online space, you know, if you now say, I'm holding space for you, most people are going to roll their eyes, right? Most of us are going to roll our eyes because we're like, no, you're not. You know, or if you have a sales page that says, you're not going to be a number in my Facebook group. We don't trust that, right? We don't trust that. So I think one of the processes, one of the levels of awareness we have to get to as business owners at this point is that the the journey, <clears throat> the customer journey, it takes, it's going to take longer, right? To go from this idea of someone's going to find your piece of content, your blog, your podcast, whatever, social media, and then suddenly want to hand their money over, which is what we used to be told. And people probably still tell you this, but I don't, I have only experienced that a few times in my business. And that came from trust, right? It came from trust. It came from my consistency with a specific message, it came from me being very honest and transparent about the way I do business. And I, the way I see it is that as we move forward in business, we have to build that trust. We have to rebuild that trust with our audiences because we need to understand that whether you're a coach or in any other industry, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're selling a uh, coaching or a product, you know, you could be a designer or an artist, or you could be an author or a speaker, there has to be a level of trust. And when that trust gets broken, well, then, you know, we, we're not going to believe. So it's not to say that as business owners, we can't coach and we can't invest in coaching. But we need to, both individually and as a collective, look at the bigger picture and look at what is being presented to us and ask questions. Because oftentimes we're told we can ask questions, but we don't because we're getting everything we want from a sales page. 
But I challenge you to ask questions, right? Ask those questions that you, even if you think you already know the answer, ask them, right? Challenge and get the answers you want and need. So on next week's episode, we will be joined by Maggie Patterson. We have a guest joining us, Maggie Patterson from Small Business Boss and Scoop Studios will be joining me. And this is really exciting because it's very much an extension of today's conversation. So Maggie is one of the few people that I see openly talking about the BS narrative in online business. And her approach to this work always has me thinking. She asks questions and she encourages me and probably everyone else who sees her content to ask more questions and different questions. So I'm really excited for you to hear this conversation. I'm excited to sit down with her and talk about self-trust, dig a little more into the problematic narratives that we both see in online business. Um, We're going to be talking about cults and cult strategies and how that's coming through in online business and how a lot of these, um, Maggie calls them celebrity entrepreneurs, a lot of how these celebrity entrepreneurs are using um, very specific manipulative processes and tactics like hierarchies to grow their business. So we're going to be diving into all of that, which is very much an extension of this episode. So I feel like this episode today was kind of, this is my experience. This is what I've been through. And this is what I did to get out of it. Next week, I'm going to have Maggie on the show so we can actually talk about it from her perspective and also look at some of her other um, work that she has done because she really digs deep into this, you guys. And I'm really excited for you to meet her if you don't know Maggie. And then don't forget that our pre-sale is now open for the Outlaw Journal. Um, You can order your pre-sale copy via melanienights.com forward slash Outlaw Journal. And when you order a pre-sale copy, you will receive some really fun bonuses. And as I said earlier, there is discounted access to my beta of the Entrepreneurial Outlaws Collective. So if you want to dig deeper, then that program is going to be for you. You will get the opportunity to work with me live over a course of six weeks. We will create this this collective together. And I am so excited for this month because we have the Outlaw Journal coming. And I just, I feel like I've been talking about this for so long. It's been such an incredible experience to create this. I have learned so much about myself, about my kind of little sub-niche that I've kind of created over here with the Entrepreneurial Outlaws. And you all have been so helpful as I've created this and, and figured it all out. So thank you for being here. Thank you for um, trusting me on this journey. Uh, if you go and grab the pre-sale copy of the Outlaw Journal, make sure you tag me on Instagram. Let me know. I can't wait to see you all using your journals and see them on your feeds and in your stories. And I'm so excited to hear from you and learn more about what you love about this channel. So that is it for this week. Until next week, Outlaws. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our Outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, Outlaws. Outlaws.